Back on a Wednesday, and time for our regular COVID update. Here once again, vaccine researcher Dr. Iris Gorfinkel joins us. Dr. Gorfinkel, good afternoon. A warm good afternoon to you. Okay, we uh, heard from Dr. Kieran Moore back on Monday, in which he strongly recommended that everybody keep wearing their masks. But Dr. Gorfinkel, as we all know, here we are in the midst of the sixth wave. It is here. Is a recommendation to keep wearing your mask, is that enough? Once again, the onus is placed on those who are highest at risk. You know, it's fire beware. What can I say? The elderly, you know, children, people who are disabled. These are the ones we're now relying on to make sure they wear their own masks. Well, what about people who don't feel they're at risk? What about people who just don't care? I'm concerned about that. And I think public health should do what public health is supposed to do, which is step up and make sure that they're remaining safe. Everybody sees hospitalizations have gone up 25% in the space of one week. What is wrong with this picture? We know you've got an N95 mask. That's going to prevent four out of five cases. That's how good it is. Fine, you have a surgical mask. That's going to prevent two out of three cases. This is a low-lying fruit. Why are we not picking it? So is that your message to those that are listening right now when there's just a recommendation to keep your mask on? Uh, is your message to, to please do so for your sake, your safety, and those around you? Because I think, Dr. Gorfinkel, right now, there's some confusion, maybe a lot of confusion out there as to whether or not uh, I need to or should continue uh, wearing the mask. For those that are trying to make that decision, what would your message be? Masks work exceptionally well at preventing disease. And yes, there is a selfish motivation involved here, too. And that's that. And I'm going to push back a little against the public health messaging of dividing the disease into two categories. Those who will wind up in the hospital and have so-called severe disease and everybody else where it's so-called mild. I can tell you in my own practice, the cases that I am seeing are not mild. I'm seeing plenty of young, healthy individuals with no pre-existing conditions staying in bed for one or two days. In bed, that's the definition of severe. Now, true, it's not so severe they're winding up in hospital. It's not so severe they wouldn't even qualify for Paxlovid. You know, so I think the concept of let's wait until our hospitals get overwhelmed before we call it severe is questionable at best. So having said that, do you anticipate maybe in the coming weeks we're going to see a return of the mask mandate? As we've mentioned here in the program the last day or so, Philadelphia became the first major U.S. city to once again reinstall, if you will, a masking mandate for indoor public spaces. Do you expect that uh, with rising cases and hospitalizations that we're going to have to return there? It, sir, it certainly seems like it's pointing in that direction as we speak. Consider, just between last week and this week, hospitalizations have gone up by 25%. Now, it's true, we're a well-vaccinated community, which we're very fortunate to have. But that said, we're dealing with two separate things. So first, immunity is waning in the people who are most vulnerable. And, you know, more than half of Canadians have yet to receive their booster dose. So what happens three months after getting that shot? Immunity is waning. And that's a serious concern. 
And on top of it, the vaccinations are not as effective at preventing cases of BA2. So even if you just if you just got that booster shot, congratulations, you've reduced your hospitalization by 90 percent and you've reduced the likelihood of getting a so-called mild case by 50 percent. But there's still 50 percent of people who will still experience disease. And that can be serious. And we still don't have the numbers on how many of those will go on to develop long COVID. And that's a serious concern as well that cannot simply be dismissed. Sure. Let me ask you a little more about the booster shot, because with uh, cases rising once again, and here we are in a sixth wave, I think there's also some confusion, Dr. Gorfinkel, that if I have uh, tested COVID positive, do I need a booster shot? And if so, how long should I wait? Uh, What is your advice there to those that have had COVID and uh, are now wondering about a booster? For those individuals who've had COVID and have had two doses, they're actually in a pretty good place with immunity because they have a wider, a broader portfolio of immune responses. So currently the feeling is wait until they're asymptomatic or 30 days after getting the disease to get that third dose. Now, if that, if it happened to be that they received their second dose earlier than that is we're, we're recommending two months between those two doses, three months, it's, it gets pushed out then by an extra month after the person has then had the disease. Right. Back to masks, if we could, for just a, a quick second, because there's also some concern about uh, masking on public transit, because there's a mandate still in place there that is set to expire at the end of the month, uh, April 27th. Does that mandate, does it need to be extended? Uh, in my view, absolutely it does. You know, again, it's low-lying fruit. People are packed into an enclosed And we know that areas where there's not good air circulation, think about TTC, that's certainly the case, you know, there's going to be high levels of transmission. BA2, that subvariant of Omicron, is probably the most contagious virus the world has ever seen. Okay, fine. Maybe it's in the top three. It's right alongside measles. One person will infect 12 people. So that's that's a super high number. And yes, we're vaccinated. Yes, most of them are not going to wind up in hospital. But the key is, again, so-called mild disease isn't always so mild. And and as I say, there's long COVID. So, yes, we should keep masks. And in my view, we should have kept them in schools. Because when kids returned after March break, where do you think that big spike was seen? It was right after March break. We saw numbers go up tremendously after that. And that was a needless thing. All right, you talk about enclosed public spaces and public transit. Let me ask you about out front of Scotiabank Arena because we got the Raptors and the Leafs embarking on uh, playoffs, and we got an announcement uh, the other day that uh, Jurassic Park, Maple Leaf Square, it'll be open once again for fans to gather and watch the game outside of the arena. Would you consider that to be, I don't know, somewhat risky? Is that an enclosed public space or because it's open air? Are you relatively or fairly safe? Should you have peace of mind going down there? Well, I can certainly understand it's, it's reasons why people want to go there. You know, but again, it is a potentially high risk space if people are shoulder to shoulder. Now, if people happen to be quite distant, well, the ceiling is pretty high in the great outdoors. And if people are wearing masks, that would seem a rather low-risk proposition. But if, on the other hand, people are congregating, standing in line, getting food, eating, screaming, singing, whatever it is, we know these are higher-risk activities. 
So we can do it so that it really reduces risk. Consider it. You can get your hands on an N95, which we now have plenty of. I give them out in my own office. We can prevent four out of five cases just wearing that N95 mask. And as I said, a surgical mask, fine. You can, you can still prevent two out of three cases with it. You know, so being a little bit careful, even in the gatherings that we have, goes a long way to making a tremendous difference in reducing cases. And, of course, getting that booster shot, that's certainly low-lying fruit. And we are swimming in vaccine supply. I don't want to start going on about the global issues, but if you want to ask me, I can certainly do that. <laughs> well, listen, we've got to take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about vaccines, about a, a fourth uh, booster, and we're also going to talk about uh, antivirals, that uh, pill, the uh, COVID pill, as Ontario announcing earlier this week that they're going to expand access to the COVID-19 antiviral pill. Just how key is that in the battle against the sixth wave? We'll get Dr. Gorfinkel's take on that after a quick break. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink. 